everybody, and welcome to another episode of Across the Area's very own Longbow Hunters, the Arrow Podcast. Uh, with you today is, of course, myself, Michael J. Petty, and with me, my good partner in crime, Louis Kim. And we're here today to talk to you about this week's episode of Arrow entitled Crucible. And no, John Proctor is not in it. No. That, that would be a zero. And and if you don't know who John Proctor is, and you're from the United States and Canada, where did you go to school? Uh, unless it was a cave, or unless you were homeschooled, you don't really have an excuse here. Well, I'm sorry, but the Crucible is like Lord of the Flies, and what's the other What's the other one to kill a mockingbird? And the Outsiders, everybody reads those in high school. Anyway, how are you guys doing? Yeah, this... I mean, this episode, lot was lot was revealed in this episode. Like, yes, lot was revealed in this episode. Um, what is first on the docket today, Michael? Well, before we get into the episode, let's at least credit the writer and director. Uh, the writers of Crucible include Andrew Kressberg and Wendy Mercel, which is interesting because Andrew Kressberg generally works with Mark Guggenheim, and Wendy Mercel either works alone or with a different writing partner. So it's been interesting that the partners have been switching up the last few weeks. I, I, I've, 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 seen, I've noticed that too. I guess they're not on speaking terms. Kressberg and Guggenheim are like, you know, I don't like you. I don't like you either. Let's work with. Other I, I think it's cool though because I, I think it. I think it adds. I think if you get different writing partners every once in a while and you come up with different stories, you're not thinking the same thing all the time. So it's interesting to see where it goes. And I think it's worked out pretty well in the last few episodes. I'm thinking how beautiful Sarah's eyes are, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yes, and the episode was directed by Eagle Eagleson. But um, as we get into this episode, woo, should we first talk about the big reveal or should we talk about the big villain of the episode? Um, let's... Let's talk about the villain of the episode because I want to say what happened to uh, the big reveal second because I think it's bigger. Um, first of all, I don't know if like, y- y'all are fam- familiar with the um, Spider-Man animated series. This dude, yeah. was, this dude looks like he could be Ice Pick from the Spider-Man animated series. That's interesting. I was I was waiting I for the I was waiting for the Prowler to show up in this episode. <laughs> That's a cool character too, the Prowler. Yes. Man, I forget about characters like that. They you know they don't get used often anymore. Callback. Callback. Yeah, exactly. Flash flashback Sunday. Um, the mayor. This character like reminds me a lot of like the Batman and Green Arrow villains that after a crisis or after a big thing would go down, this guy would, these type of people would take over the city like after a crisis, which we kind of saw a little bit with the hoods, but this is more straight villain stuff. Yeah, the hoods are more like, I don't even want to say anti-heroes, but they were almost more anti-villains, whereas this guy's a straight up bad guy. Yeah, and we see this in the second season of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. When Lex Luthor goes down, the the buzzards, like, swoop around the city and take over the territory that he left over. I think this villain was kind of flat, the mayor. Like, I don't know if I was supposed to be intimidated by him. I th- Quite honestly, I thought the way he handled situations 
the extreme way he handled situations, like killing the one guy's cousin, and then, of course, shooting up the Cash for Guns event. I thought it was pretty cool, only from the standpoint of um, he's so different than any other villain we've seen. Yes, I was excited. And I, and, I, and I think he would have been cool to keep on the show for a while. They've been killing off good villains on this show ever since, like, day one. Well, I was – well, truth be told, the first time I saw the mayor, I was thinking – I was thinking that um, Isaac Hayes could come back from the dead and sing, Who is the man with the foe and the guts? The mayor! Oh, my lord. You damn right. Oh, my lord. I, I, I wonder if how closely they were going for the whole black exploitation thing because this hit it pretty much on the nose. Yeah. Um, with the with the extras from the Fifty Cent Kanye West video. Yes. Yes, I was I was half I was half expecting Kanye West to show up with his new baby Northwest. <laughs> Have you seen that meme? Where Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are looking up into the sky and they see a Northwest airplane and they say they grow up so fast. Yes, I have seen that actually, but that is so ridiculous. But the mayor, going back to this episode, the mayor, his whole purpose for this is to set up what we get at the very end of the episode, and we'll get there. Do you agree? Yes. I mean, that's really his only purpose, because like throughout this episode, um. There's bigger things going on, and let's get to those bigger things, but before we move on, like, the mayor, did you think this villain was executed well? Because I, I, I didn't. I thought for what they wanted to do with the character it was. I think if you wanted him to continue on the show and if you wanted him to be a real big threat, and if he was the main plot of the episode, then no. But seeing as how he was more of a side plot and he wasn't really supposed to be in it a whole lot, I thought it worked out well. I guess guess you're right if that's what you're going for because really, this kind of villain would only work in an episode like this. Right. With With a big main plot that doesn't have to do with the villain. Yeah, because... That's where... And and now thinking back to our days on Smallville, there were a lot of big name villains that were just like kind of like pushed to the side in a lot of episodes for bigger storylines. So I well, guess even yeah, absolutely. Even if you look at um, the episode Injustice from season eight, which most people really oh don't like, God, I pers- I personally don't mind it. But it swept villains like Livewire, Neutron, Parasite, and Plastique all under the rug. For the main plot, which was a whole test in Clark feud. Yeah, and I'm and I'm glad. And you're right. You're right. It could have been a lot worse. But were you shocked going on to our next thing? I was shocked that they did this so early in the episode, and I'm glad that they did. Looking back on it, like we said last week, I wasn't really sure whether they were going to do it at the beginning or at the end because I could have seen it either way. I'm with you. I was glad they did it at the beginning. Yes. Because what they got out of this reveal, and let, and let's backtrack a little bit. There's a there's a party at the Queen Estate. Good to see the Queen Estate first time this season, actually. Yes, you mean the Luther Mansion or the or the X Men building? Yes, let's keep it let's keep it straight here. The Queen Estate. They set up the fact that Laurel's ha- having some substance abuse issues. We'll get onto that later. But Felicity, good on Felicity Smoke for figuring out maybe this woman in with the with the blonde hair isn't following you. 
Maybe she's following Laurel. Which is interesting because I think a lot of people initially when she started talking about that were thinking Lance. But I but he wasn't there when Oliver was surrounded by cops. No. So that wouldn't have made sense. It could only have been Laurel, if not Oliver. And and they cut to Laurel's apartment. We see let's just call her what she is for now, the canary, the black canary. And Oliver, very smart on Oliver's part, setting up the traps, knowing that she would go that way. Very old school DC in my regard. Yep. But that was so cool, the way he timed all of those arrows to shoot at the same time to trap her. Yes. That was amazing. I would love to see that again. And 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 Oliver knows now how this, like, supersonic weapon, the, 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 um, the robotic canary cry, let's call it that, works now, so he's not going to be phased by the, by the sound. Um... Then, then for, for the really the first time, because I don't count that step in the in the clock in the clock tower with the League of Assassins member like actual dialogue per se. This is the first time we've actually heard this character talk, and um, she leaves like a couple of breadcrumbs about Laurel's past relationship with Oliver, and then Oliver takes off the mask, and it reveals it's. It's Sarah Lance 2.0. Oh my gosh! Okay, I have to t I have to tell Ollie right now. I was so ticked when they retconned that actress. Oh, but you know what? And Andy. Not oh, let me get this out really quick. Let me get this out really quick. Uh, Mr. Babak and Mr. Schmidt will appreciate this reference. They did something similar to this on Once Upon a Time when they brought in Robin Hood. There's a new, there's a new Robin Hood this season because Robin Hood in the first season was only used in like two scenes. That's how they could get away with changing this performer. And you know what? Okay. And you know what? It works here too because think back to the Undertaking episode. This is probably why we didn't see that actress again in those flashbacks. It's true. Well, I mean, that's true. That's probably, yes. that's probably why they did it, because they knew they were going to bring her in. And either and let me say, I like Katie, Katie Lloyd's, I think is her name, a lot better. She looks However, it was such a blatant retcon, as the actresses went nothing alike at all, well, and it just irritated me well, looking back on people. Well, here's the thing with the, with the, the actress change, in my opinion. Um, they got, looking at this, looking at this actress... Katie Lloyd, you said her name was Miss Lloyd. She she does look a more like Quentin Lance, which actually actually fits because Alex Kingston looks a lot like Laurel. Okay, I don't. I personally don't see the resemblance between her and Lance, but it's subtle. But I do see the other. It's it's subtle. You don't really have to look for it, but it's there. I I could I I could because it looks like she it looks like she has her mother's eyes but her father's like facial features. Okay. To, to me, and what what did you think about the character of Sarah overall in this episode? I mean, we'll 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 get into we'll get uh, well well let's just talk about it right now. My favorite scene and my favorite music in this episode. After the reveal, and speaking of the reveal, great use of that of that weapon that can also be used as a smoke bomb, so Sarah can get away. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, 
I, 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 I honestly didn't see that coming. Um, my favorite, my favorite scenes in this episode is the Oliver and Sarah scenes to the point where I'm thinking, you know what? I don't want them to be the end game couple, but I could see them being together. I'm with you. I could see them being together for maybe the time being for this season, but I also don't want them to be the end game couple. But here, because because here's the thing, Oliver and Sarah. I mean, unless we find out something later in the flashbacks, what we'll talk about in a few minutes. But Oliver and Sarah, they, they didn't really specify what their relationship is, and. There's a chemistry there between them. That's why I want them together. And I give I give total credit to 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 Miss Lloyd and to Amel for this because their chemistry was just off the charts in the hospital scene and in the fight scene and the verdant back room scene, which I thought they were about to have sex, but you know, kidding, kidding, kidding. For the record, I don't necessarily see them getting together anytime soon. Like, to me, like, I agree, the chemistry is very good between them, but it didn't seem as romantic, maybe, to me. I could see them... I, I see it more as a I could see them what, uh, do, doing what they did with Huntress last season, and the, the fact that they only really have sex together. Yeah, that could be, too. Yeah. Although that seems so shallow for both characters, I don't know if I want to see that again. But you know what? But you know what? I think everybody's going through something this season, and I, and we're gonna get into that when we talk about. Actually, you want to skip ahead to that really quickly, because it kind of sure. Why not? Because Laurel, I mean, do you think this was out of character for Laurel Lance? I mean, the explanation I thought was, you know, valid, but. Why just drop all this now on Laurel with her substance abuse issues? I, I thought the explanation for why Laurel is having a lot of problems right now is pretty weak, I'll be honest. I I thought that was pretty weak. I I disagree, but beca only because... I, I, I thought it was weak just how it all landed all at the same time in this, just this one episode. Well, right. And the fact that the last few months... She hasn't been feeling that at all, and now finally, like she's just—I I don't know. It didn't—it did not work for me. Well, it again, felt very out of character. Again, Michael, like I haven't dealt with the addiction too much, but like I don't—I don't think you or I have really delved into like a lot of that stuff, so we can't really—we can't really judge. It's different for everybody. No, we can't. But when—but when, in terms of a TV show, when you're talking about characters and talking about what's in character and out of character for them, you can def most definitely judge. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I mean, they did a good job in this episode with the, Laura constantly like downing, downing alcohol. That you did see that there was something wrong with her. Um, I I did love that she's like point six over the legal limit. Like first thing I was thinking, of, woman, how did you? How much did you have to drink today? Well, I, it didn't even look like she had a whole lot at dinner. She had two glasses, right? Yeah, and she said I had to go. I had to go. And you know what? That dinner scene with her partner, um, I can't remember the dude's name. Harvey Dent. I was It's Adam. It's Adam Donner. A reference to Richard Donner. Okay. Uh, Adam Donner, um, Richard, Donner, Richard Donner's illegitimate son. Um, no, um, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I really love, I really like that scene just because 
for right now, anyway, he seems like a decent guy, and Laurel doesn't want him to be with anyone, at least, especially a decent guy, after what happened with her and Tommy. That's why she scurries off so quickly. And I loved um, her scene with Officer Lance after he gets the call from Troy from Smallville. Yes. Um, that's what I'm going to call now, Troy from Smallville. Um, that he wishes that no one really gave him a break after what happened with Sarah. And you know what? In, in a weird way, he's right. He's absolutely right. If something like that happened to me, I'd be the same way. Yeah. Maybe for a week I would like a break, but after that I would want people to start laying it well, on. Especially since she's like, she's like downing alcohol like water. And the, she doesn't well, even... and especially if your job is a cop or an attorney where you really need to be focused on your job because if you're not, it could really hurt people. Yeah, and, and here's the difference. Lance could get away with that last season because he was a detective. Right. And Laurel can't now because she works in the DA's office. Yes. If she were at CNRI, maybe because it's a nonprofit thing. But even then, she could have still ruined someone's life if this was happening then. Once again, I I, I have to say I understand Laurel's reasonings, but but I I have to say I have to disagree about how she's handling it, especially what we see at the end of the episode when she makes pills with booze. I mean, like. Exactly. It just it uh, it seems so out of character. But you know, but you know what? At least she has a character now. Well, that's true. At least now she does. Yeah, yes. that's. I, I reckon, there is something to be said about that. Yeah. I, I reconcile that when I watch the episode for the second time. Yeah, this is bad. But at least she has actually has something to do rather than just be love interest that is not a love interest to. to well, well, I got. I recently got a friend of mine to borrow my season one of Arrow, and now he's hooked on the show. And I basically said to him, I'm like, yeah, Laurel last season was not all that great. I'm like, she's not terrible by any means, but she's really not a great character. But I'm like, this season, she's great. This You'll get, love her. This could get dull really quickly, but this has to loop in with Sarah at some point. Or it could just make her... Well, Sarah has to reveal herself to her family at some point. Like, uh, you can't you can't not have that happen now. I wish Sarah would reveal herself. Wait, wait did I just say that? What? Oh, oh! I'm I'm sorry. I kind of like damaged chicks. What can I say? No, you're you're not sorry, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said that. I'm not sorry about my feelings. Oh my god! It sounds like I'm in a psychology session with Dr. Jonathan Crane. <laughs> um, well, what do you fear? Or Harleen Quinzel. By the way, Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, and be sure be sure that you moved your clocks back. Yeah, that's right, Daylight Savings. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt so good this morning sleeping. <laughs> um, I have to say this. Isabel Rochef, was that the weirdest place to put Glau? They placed her in really odd spots the with pilot, her time on Arrow. The pilot was okay. The pilot was okay. Because all that was supposed to do was, like, like um, establish Introduce the character. Her. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, but this, it's like, if you took her out, was she really needed? But even, but even in the premiere, even in City of Heroes, if you had replaced her with a different actress, it's it would have been the same. Or a different character, per se? Yeah. 
Not a not different actors because we don't want to bash Summer Glow more than we have this season. No, we just we just don't want her to kill our show. That's all. Yeah. We're very concerned. But we're agreed. It's like very weird, especially uh, especially in the at the office in the office scene with blood. I was like, why are you here? Yeah, that was really odd. I'm like, why are they? And and you know what? Quite honestly, I have a theory on that. Why they are meeting? Because obviously in the comics they're both bad guys. One's Brother Blood and one's Isabel Rose Chef. I mean, they're both villains in the comics, clearly they're scheming something, and Roshef is probably using Queen Consolidated to fund Blood's little experiments that you see at the end of the episode. Yeah, and, I, 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 yeah, and that's a good theory, because why is Isabel... My whole thing about the Isabel Roshef character in this episode is, why is her company sticking around for a company that's dying? Exactly. It sure. doesn't make any sense. Sure, sure you want to buy the company, then why don't why don't you just like take your take your funding out and then wait until the company goes up for sale again? Because sticking around the company that's not smart business. And now this sounds like CNBC. Well, and Wu, maybe it's something like Talia in The Dark Knight Rises, where she stuck around Wayne Enterprises because she wanted what Wayne Enterprises was making. Yeah. And it could easily be something like that where they end up taking it away from Oliver. This just and in. Just like this in the just 80s. In. This just in. It's a, hur- it's a hurricane machine. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> we had an earthquake machine last season. This season it's going to be a hurricane machine. But no, I, I totally agree. You're absolutely right. Um, I, There has to be some nefarious reason why worship's sticking around. Because if you look at this... Take away the DC stuff. Take away the comic book stuff. If this was just a, uh, just a normal, a normal dramatic show, we'd be asking the exact same question. Oh, absolutely, and it makes absolutely no sense why she would be meeting with Blood otherwise. Yeah, it just doesn't. Like Oliver, Oliver, I can understand because he was in the Glades when he first met Blood. That's one thing. But when Blood comes to her at Queen Consolidated in the heart of the city. I don't know. There's something fishy going on. Yeah, because my point is, why can't you have? Why can't you just have Felicity in that scene? Well, because she's evil and Felicity's not. Well, well, my point is like, well, if you had Felicity in the scene, it wouldn't it wouldn't have changed anything. You see my point? Yes, unless there's an ulterior motive, and then it would have been different. Yeah. Which I'm sure there but, is. But in but in terms of the the lines that were written, I don't I don't think I wouldn't have really changed yeah, maybe anything not. other than intention. Brother Blood has really or should I call him Alderman for the sake of argument? He has really stepped up in just two episodes, even though I still want to smack him across the face. Well, no one likes this guy at all. I don't even think the people he represents like him. He's like the anti Lex Luthor from Lois and Clark and the New Adventures of Superman. Exactly. That's the, exactly what I mean. Like the character, like the character description is almost exactly like it was on Lois and Clark. The difference is Lex Luthor in that first season, everybody liked him, well, except for Clark. And Lois, kind of. Until she warms up to him, I really hope they do not make Alderman and Laurel a couple based on what we just said. That would be really messed up. Yeah. But, I'm going to have sex with you, Laurel, and then I'm going to kill you. How about that? 
So, um, so, sounds like what sounds like what happened at my winter ball senior year. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Let's <laughs> No, but he's really stepped up this episode because in the previous episode he was just an annoyance for the sake of annoyance. This episode he actually, you know. The the performer playing him really showed his um different shades as a performer to the point at the end scene with him and Oliver you actually like him, kind of. Kind of until the very end. Yes. Um, and then and then you go on to hating him again. Okay, you're more of a Teen Titans fan than I am. How accurate is this to the comics? What we saw at the very end with the mayor Troy from Smallville and Brother Blood. Okay, with Brother Blood in the comics, it, it, there have been various different versions. This is similar to a few of them. It's, it is a little different because Brother Blood generally has more wealth, more technology, more henchmen, all that. He's, he's usually a little further up on the uh, political and financial level. But I think the overall premise seems the same, at least for now. Does he have a scarecrow mask like he seems to have here? <laughs> no, actually, he wears a thing that's kind of like a skull on his head, and he has, like, face paint that's red and all. It's it's really messed up. But, but was, yeah, he doesn't I have a... To, I was just about to say, what is Killian Murphy doing in the era? Well, then then someone's going to take his mask back. No, I really like the mask. I thought it was cool for the show because it's kind of a combination of the Scarecrow mask, the Bane mask, and like Andy Babak actually told me, the Phantasm mask. So it's actually pretty cool. Stay away. This is not your fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is he acting? I have to wonder, was that Vertigo he stuck the mayor with? I'm wondering that myself because I know the count is coming back in a few episodes. Oh, he is. Good. Yes. Good. Good. I like that guy. He's coming back in episode seven, which is State vs. Queen. Okay. Good. 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 Um, it's that it's not described yet what they're actually doing. It could be like a, an old school Batman thing of somebody's working inside Arkham Asylum to make to make kind of super soldiers, a la the original concept of Bane. Right, or Batman Begins, or the Arkham games, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is a new, like, Hugo Strange, I mean, not that we're going to see Hugo Strange in, in Arrow. That, w that wouldn't really make sense for me. But Hugo Strange has done things like this in the past, where they've taken, where they've taken, like, criminals that really didn't have any, much intelligence-wise and do experiments on them to make super criminals. Right, and for the most part, it actually, like, works. How does that work? And poor Harvey Dent can't can't get can't get um his like his proper surgery. But moving on, um, I one more thing about Brother Blood. I really I really liked I I well I I really liked his scene in the Under the Bridge, the famous bridge that we've seen in like four other WB stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he stands up to the stands up to the mayor stands up to the mayor, and I was like, I, I know that sounds horrible, but I was thinking, please somebody shoot that guy. 
Yeah. Because every time that guy talks, it's annoying. Yeah. And if they, if that's my intention, good on you, Kressberg and Guggenheim and Berlanti. But if it's not, please somebody shoot him. Because villains like this, all villains need some kind of, like, almost all human villains need some kind of cosmetic, cosmetic, like, scarring thing to make them who they are. And I was kind of thinking that this was his. But no, he's more, he's more mentally, emotionally scarred. Or you just go the Morgan Edge route and you just change your entire face. Yeah, which was absolutely dumb in retrospect. Okay, Oliver and Lance. Um, I really liked their scene a lot because it shows just how far these characters have come from the pilot and from even five years ago or and, six years ago. And the reason why they do this is because of Sarah. It will go right. It will go right back down when they realize when. When everyone learns the truth about what happened to Sarah and Oliver on the ship. Or where right. they end up. Because Which is really sad, but I get it, I guess. Well, I mean, you can't have everybody on the same page in these shows. You can't. You No. Where does the where does the drama where does the drama come from? I thought it was very emotional, just from the sense of Oliver's hiding Sarah in the back. Sarah's hiding from Quentin. Quentin's and Quentin doesn't know any of this because he's worried about Laurel. I, very theater-like to me, don't you think, sir? Mm-hmm. Just, yep. the, just the way they staged everything. I mean, I could definitely see this on like uh, this part on a stage, you know, like I a, agree, like a proscenium theater, and it would look exactly the same. I love absolutely. How, I loved how Amel played it. I love the. This is some of Amel's best acting work in general. Yeah. Because looking his eyes through the entire episode, other than the first part of the Arrow Cave, like. He's on eggshells, and when have you ever seen Oliver Queen on eggshells? Like well, this. I mean, a few times, but not very often. And not like this. And um, this actually this actually goes goes into um, do, do, what what do you even though you didn't write this on the script, what do you think about Laurel and Oliver scene? That was one of the most awkward things I've ever seen on the series. I I felt like Oliver should have tried and pursued her, pursued her more. I feel like he kind of just gave up. Well, it's because he has more more pressing issues with the Lance family than. Well, absolutely, absolutely, but I I don't know. It felt to me like he should have maybe said something else. I don't I don't know something. because Laura's in a place where you don't know exactly what she's gonna do. She could have hit Oliver. Not that it would have mattered to him, but you know what I mean. Right. Well, yeah. Well, and once they find out about Sarah anyway, they're going to, like Oliver says, they're probably going to hate him. Yeah. Although, to Oliver's defense, Oliver did think she was dead the second time. Okay. Okay. Roy, Roy turning in his, uh, turning in the guns, and we'll go for the cash guns of event shooting. We'll loop those two get two together. This is what Isabel Rorschach and Oliver and Brother Blood were talking about, um, in the in the boardroom at Queen Consolidated. Um, First, I just have to say when I saw the three of them in a room together with all their names and their characters and everything, 
I just sat back and said to myself, this is what a DC comic show looks like, and this is awesome. Yes, and which we really didn't get that much on Smallville, unfortunately. Well, yeah, aside from, like, the Justice League or the Justice Society or the Legion, no, we didn't. Yeah, and, and Isabel selling Oliver, you don't have the money to fund this, you don't have the money to fund this. And I have to, I have to wonder... Is Oliver just doing this because he wants he wants information about where these guns are going to? That's entirely possible, but I'm not so sure he suspects blood of anything yet. Well, no, he's not suspecting blood of anything at all. He just wants to know where the mayor is. And I love how Alderman's, like, like playing this. He's really concerned about image, even, even though, even though... Like he's really worried about even image, even though it wouldn't hurt anybody if he Oliver did any of this. Yeah. Because I think, and this might be a crackpot theory. I think if if Oliver cures the city, if Queen Consolidated Consolidated cures the city before he's ready, that's why that's why Alderman is so hesitant towards Oliver. Does that make sense? Well, that, absolutely it does. Absolutely, and I completely agree. I'd also might add that because of his ulterior motives and because of his villainous plots that he seems to be going through, I don't think he necessarily wants Oliver to save the city because I think he likes it where it is right now where he can grab power and he can seize it at its weakest point. Well, yeah, that's why he's playing Mr. Mr. I'm a man of the people. He... Which makes no sense because he constantly is wearing suits and being up with the upper crust people. Well, and what what's even worse is that his supporters don't even notice it. Right. Which I uh, which actually makes it a lot worse. But the but the war turning and his guns and the old guns cash for guns that then the way that Eccleston shot this, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I agree with you. Yeah, especially with the guns going off and blah, 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 blah. Um, we didn't mention this, but I, we didn't mention this in the script, but I think we have to. Um, the first meeting of the triangle between Thea, Sin, and Roy. I, I thought it worked. Sin doesn't, at this point, I don't think Sin necessarily has a romantic interest in Roy, maybe down the road, but not necessarily well, right now. Roy has one for Sin, I think. Yeah, he's starting to have a little, he's starting, well, it's almost like, if I can compare this, it's almost like a whole Clark on Red K thing. Well, well, it's, I mean, here's, here's the, here's this kind of scenario that I came up with in my head. Sin is the girl that you can relate to in your life right now, but Thea is someone that you should aspire to be with. That's yeah. That's a good analogy. Because I I think I think the reason why well first of all the reason why um Roy Roy's so concerned about Sin is Sin knows that Roy is working with Arrow. Right, and he doesn't want Thea to know, obviously. Yeah, and and I loved how they framed it because it is entirely possible that they Sin and Roy can have this conversation and Thea not know know what, what they're saying. Finally, on a TV show, something like that actually makes sense. 
Yeah, I was like, how does she not hear you, or why is she not trying to hear you? But in the, but outside in that setting, it makes total, total sense that she c couldn't hear. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I, I also loved how it was, like, I'm, if you, if you haven't noticed by now, I'm a big fan of, like, staging. I loved how that Roy's in his own place, Sin's in her own place, is kind of in the middle, but you kind of see Roy going more towards Sin, a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, and I, and I love the fact that right off the bat, um, Sin and Thea just do not get along. Like they do not. I don't know if it's necessarily they don't get along. I think it's that they both realize that they want the same person. I don't think it's necessarily that they don't get along, though. And, because and, they, they, like, there's a little animosity there, obviously, but they don't, like, hate each other or anything And like great that. acting by Willa Holland, because you can tell that almost right off the bat. Yeah. And great, a great acting by Sin as well, because I love how she goes, Thea Queen. Well, I mean, she's shocked. You're dating Thea Queen? Yeah. And, and I love, and I love the scene, well, well, let's explain it. Sin gets shot in the crossfire between the mayor and the police. He, the mayor shows up at the pro, at the, 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 the charity event, which is stupid on him because up until this point, no one's seen your, seen your face, dude. That's actually worked out pretty well for you. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. like, like Felicity and Oliver say, what an idiot. Yeah. You should have, you should have just shown up in a mask. You could have done the mask thing, but during the and, and we didn't. Man, we, oh, go ahead. Okay, no, you go. No, because mine pertains to something else. Okay. Um, during that crossfire, Sin gets wounded. She has to go to the hospital, which Oliver. Which Oliver pays for, and the reason why why he pays for it is because of the the kind of BFF thing going on between Sarah and Sin. Right. Do you want to mention your theory on air because you kind of mentioned it in the spoilers last episode? Which theory? I've, I've, I the there's so many things running through my head. The connection between Oliver the. Uh, and possibly sin. Oh well, I did kind of mention that last on last week's episode, not in the spoilers. Do you want to reiterate like, it for the people that may have forgotten? I can I can absolutely reiterate it. My theory is just based on how last episode was written and how last episode was shot. It almost seems like Mora Mora is possibly hiding sin or other secrets that she did with Malcolm or just had from her time in The Undertaking. And my theory is Sin may possibly be her daughter with Malcolm, as opposed to Robert. And if not that, it's also entirely possible, in my opinion, that she could be Thea's twin. So, that I, I, is my I don't think I don't think she's Thea's twin, but I do think she could be like, like, like Thea's little sister. Yeah. Um, Making Thea the middle child, which is why she has so many issues. I'm so, I'm sorry I'm sorry to say this about Sid. Every time I look at her, like you're Jennifer Lawrence, right? 
Well, she's not that attractive. But but, but, but you see where I'm going for here with the facial features. Like she almost looks exactly oh, yeah. Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I, I I one of my favorite scenes. One of my little things that we saw in this episode. I loved the scene when Sin finally wakes up from the hospital. She, you actually see some vulnerability from her, which was nice. Because up until this point, we've never really seen that much vulnerability. We've seen just abrasiveness from Sin. Well, at that point, well, at this point with her, most of her dialogue, most of her attitude and all that has been pretty fake. She hasn't really shown her real self to anybody until then. And, of course, the scene between her and Sarah in the clock tower. Quite like, those are the only times we've really seen her for who she really is. Quite honestly, I could I could see this being the triangle, because I don't, at this point, I, I don't even think I ever want to see a triangle again, if you want, if you want to go by continuity between Sarah, Oliver, and Laurel. I just don't want to ever see love triangles again, but that's just not a But you know what, if you're going to do it, do it here with Roy, Thea, and Sin. Do it with the teen audience. Yeah, so that the because really this has nothing to do with the main story. No, they're doing so. It's a good yeah. There's still some people who watch the show purely for the teen drama that you get with Thea and Roy. And to take a little sidebar here, if you're gonna put John Diggle and Lila, I think her name is, go for it. Yeah, I think that works. Harbinger from the comics. Go for it, because especially because we saw her in this episode. Great use of her, by the way. Even though it was only like one little scene, it could set up divided loyalties between Diggle and the rest of his team. And I know for a fact that she's—I believe she's in next episode or the episode afterwards, because I know she's coming up again. Because spoiler alert, big spoiler alert: Miss Waller is coming to Sterling City. Yes, with Deadshot. Same episode, so... So this could actually set up, like, potentially that, 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 like, storyline. Because I have to assume at this point that Diggle is going to be involved in the Waller storyline somewhere. Oh, absolutely. But that's, that's his, that's his world. But, but going, going to, going back to Sin for a little bit. Did you like the thing in the Cloud Tower with the Big Belly Burger and them talking? Yes. Because it, yes. it really, it really, it really, I don't think they established the relationship between these two characters, but I do like, kind of like last year with Laurel and Thea, I like that, like, Sarah's trying to have the sister relationship that she kind of squandered with Laurel. Yeah, which, again, emphasis on she squandered it. Yeah. And she's trying to fix that. And she's trying and she's trying to fix it. And I have to assume it's Sin is pretty much the equivalent of Tim Drake in the sense of the Batman animated series where where Sarah saved her when she was getting beat up by a bunch of guys and possibly raped and Sarah stopped that. Yeah. And this is why they have that connection. Kind of like what's going on between Oliver and Roy. I loved that Oliver paid for Sin's medical care because and we didn't we skipped over this because I wanted to leave a big block for it. The scene in the back of Verdant with Sarah and Sarah and Oliver that brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. Some of the most emotional stuff in this series ever happened in this episode. 
Some important information, though. She knows Slade. Yep. Slade. And to me, this... And they, they go into the backstory here a little bit about... Um, about Sarah, she she did survive out of the out of the cold water, she of of the ocean that we saw in the pilot. They did meet up, which again, which we'll talk about in the flashbacks. But Oliver must have done something pretty cowardly, or did something that was totally out of control, and Sarah took it the wrong way. Because to me, something was was. Irrevocably damaged in that in that year between the the gambit going down and Oliver seeing Sarah again. My opinion on that is Oliver chose Shadow over her. I don't think we'll see Shadow that much this season, depending on how much we stay on the ship. She could always come to the ship. Yeah, but the way they left Shadow, I could see them we're not seeing her again for another year. I don't know about that, only because they do say that this is the right island, and the guy's team is going to go back on the island, yeah. which means that Shadow is still on the island. Yeah. Well, we already know that she is, but that means she could always come back. What? So I, I think we'll see her before the mid-season finale. Well, if in, not right after. Well, in, in this sense, and this is due kind of a more of a relationship, the thing that I'm thinking about here, Oliver keeps choosing other women over Sarah, but Sarah always comes back to Oliver. That's what I got when I saw the scene with them two in Verdant, because she's not mad, is she? Not really. And she explains why she came back to, to the, to Starling City because she wanted to make sure that um, Laurel and Quentin were alright. Which I know some of our of our listeners are thinking, well, why she, why didn't she do that last year? Because they were fine. They were not fantastic, but they were fine. Yeah, and then the earthquake happened. She just wanted to come back just to make sure that they weren't dead. Right. And now, but now that she's back, she doesn't, she can't leave again. No. Which is probably why she didn't show up in the first place, like in, in the, in season one. Well, right, because she didn't come until after, like, the break between seasons one and two. And subtle references to the League of Assassins, subtle references to Razo Ghul. Do you, do you think... That, well, I'm just thinking that Talia and Sarah are BFFs in my, in my own fandom. <laughs> Quite honestly, after the Dark Knight Rises, I don't know if I ever want to see a live-action Talia again. Oh, come on. She did a good job. No, she was terrible. Oh, come on. Okay. I hated that actress. Okay, we'll, oh, save the, we'll save this for DC Nation. But I have to kind of assume, like, what happened with Mariko and that one woman from the Wolverine is pretty much like the relationship between Talia and Sarah. I would swap out Talia for a Lady Shiva because I think she's more likely to appear. In, but in, it could in, easily in, in any event, it's either one of those two. And Roz wants her back. He, he 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 wants her back because whatever plan that they're brewing up for Starling is not ready yet. Yeah. 
or she defied them, which which often happens with the League of Assassins. Huh, yeah, it seems more likely at this point that she probably just defied them. Yeah. Because I think Malcolm Merlin's plan for the city with the earthquake was probably what they wanted anyway. That was the beginning of the grander plan of killing a civilization and starting over. And 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 I, I have to assume that Sarah left and she just assumed that they wouldn't notice that she was gone. Yeah, but and obviously that is not the case. Obviously that is not, that, is, that is not the case. Um, I... I love I love the continuity I love the continuity here of Sarah showing up at the hospital with the Starling City rockets head, which means that that stupid picture was real. Ah, you evil Dinah Land, Dinah Drake. You just don't want Miss Drake to be right, do you? I do not want her to be right. She's a terrible person. I don't like her. <laughs> okay. I don't like her at all. Okay. Oh yeah, Laurel and Sarah's mother. Yeah. Um, but the team up between Canary and Arrow—some of the coolest stuff we've seen in the series so far. Oh yeah, especially my favorite part when they switched weapons and still use them as perfectly as the other does. Yeah, and look that at, was brilliant and, comic book. And look at both their faces; like, th yeah. they're having fun. Well, and it's they like, it's be, freaking Green Arrow and Black Canary on screen fighting together for really the first time, because although we've seen similar things on Smallville... It's not the same thing, though. It, well, it wasn't the same thing, first of all, and second of all, they were never fighting alongside each other on screen. Yes. It was reference that they have, but they never actually did. Here, we actually saw it for the first time, and it was amazing. It, like, it really reminded me of Andrew Kressberg, who actually co-wrote this episode, his run on Green Arrow, Black Canary, because it was that, like, specific to the books. It was so great. And I have to, I have to mention, I have to mention this. Look at both of their eyes. They, they like, both of them, they're having fun, even though they know they shouldn't be. Well, I think that Sarah Lance has become your new version of McKenna Hall. Well, well, no, well, no, I'm saying just look at all, look at Oliver's face in general. Like, this is the first time we've actually seen him really smile since he's been back. Yeah. Like, with everything that happened with Laura, with everything that happened with Tommy, with everything that happened with his family, like, like this, this season's going to be a lot about the characters going off and doing their own things. I don't know very much. I don't know much about Felicity in that sense, but we got got that vibe very much in this season, didn't we? Oh yeah. Like, like Oliver's gonna be like primarily with Sarah. Thea's gonna be with Roy and Sin. Laurel's gonna be do, be doing her own thing. Quinn essentially is going to be doing his own thing. Diggle might is doing his own thing with Argus, possibly. Everybody's going to like be off on their own little worlds, and how hard it will be for those other people, like Oliver in Diggle's world, or or um, Diggle in Oliver's world, or you know whatever. How how awkward and how difficult that's going to be, which actually 
leads into the actual very beginning of the the episode. This is I wanted to leave this kind of for last because of the emotion that goes into it. Um, what what are your thoughts about Diggle's reaction? Because I want to hear your your thing first before I say anything else. I think this was probably outside of the fight scene or the team up scene between Arrow and Canary towards the end and outside of maybe the brother brother blood reveal, this was probably one of my favorite scenes of the episode. Yeah. Here we saw Oliver really vulnerable. Yeah. Go ahead. I I was going to say, this is probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire series so far. Yeah. I'd, I'd even go so far as to say that probably Oliver here. We see him very vulnerable. We see him very almost confused and we see that he is not really sure of his current position right now. And we see that his team doesn't fully know how to handle this. They don't fully know if they should be trusting Oliver still completely or if they should be asking him more questions. And even when Oliver says it's not important right now, Diggle says, you're never going to tell us. That means you're not going to tell us. And I think Diggle and maybe Felicity to an extent have very, I don't want to say have animosity towards Oliver, but I, I I think they're starting to get irritated with the secrets Oliver is keeping from them, especially when it's going when some of them may come back to bite them in the butt. Yeah. Especially if Shade Slade, not Shade Slade, eventually shows up in the present, if if in fact he does, because Shade, that could be a real problem. Shade is actually the sh- shipper name between Shadow and Slade. Shade. That actually should be that should actually happen. So whoever is in charge of shipping in the Arrowheads community, that's it. That's it right there. We coined it right here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but seriously, but seriously though, this scene was fen- f- phenomenal. It was fantastic. It's exactly what I want from Team Ar- Team Arrow every week. It's exactly what I want for this group. And and Oliver, I think, needs to start trusting them more. Because I think we've, he's gotten to the point where he can definitely trust them, and he definitely trusts them to take care of him and vice versa. But I don't think he is ready yet to talk about the things he doesn't want to talk about. Exactly. And that's that's what I was getting. That's what I was getting to because because it's not about trust. It's about him dealing with these issues that he's never dealt with before. Well, and even Felicity says, "Do you have any happy stories?" Well, the answer is really no. Because Slate, because Slate taught him how to bury his emotions in, in what he's doing on the island, which we'll get to. But, but like you have to understand. And by the way, before I forget, the look on EBR's face during that first scene back in the Arrow Cave when Oliver comes back pretty much sums up what everybody's feeling in this scene, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. And and. It's not about trust. It's about Oliver dealing with the ghosts of his past that he thought were pretty much dead. Yeah. Like, and and to, and I I didn't think about this until now, but this is the the first person from his past from the island that he's actually seen in present time. Yes. So far, that is, yes, that is actually true. Yes. Yeah. And he's dealing, and and he's and he's not wrong when he says, "I thought she died." No, because he legit thought 
that she did. Yeah. And twice. And that's and people said, why did he lie? Why did he lie? Why did he lie? Wouldn't it have mattered if he told them the truth? No, because eventually it came to the same outcome. Technically speaking, he didn't lie because he didn't know the full truth. Yeah. He didn't think Sarah could survive whatever she did on the island. And, and you know what, Lou? That is the one saving grace that might keep the Land family from not hating him, is the fact that he, quite honestly, did not know. Yeah. And, and although he may have seen her later after the shipwreck, the, the, the same thing applies. He still did not know that she survived after after whatever happened that we're going to be seeing this season. Still don't know that she's surviving or not. How sick would this be? And I'm, I mean sick in a bad way. That Razo Ghoul kind of set all this up. Set all this up. Set all this up. Involving Malcolm Merlin, Sarah, and Oliver. That would be very... Very sick. Yeah. Quite frankly, I, I don't know if it's even him because I think if you have a five-year plan, you should make your fifth season villain be whoever set all of it up. I don't think you'd reveal him in season two. Yeah. I mean, I... Because I, I, even Supernatural didn't do that. I and they had... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Supernatural didn't even do that. And they had a five-year plan where the first two seasons it was one guy and then the second two seasons it was another. And then by the fifth season, you finally knew who the guy who's been pulling all the strings was. And I think that's what they have planned for Arrow to an extent. Yeah, I have to believe... I, I said this in the spoilers, and I'll say it again here because it doesn't really spoil anything. Ra's al Ghul is not something that you reveal at the very... At this point, you reveal, reveal that at the very end. Right. And and I'm I'm not trying to, to diminish diminish anyone's hopes here, specifically Wu's. When is saying that I don't think he's the endgame villain or the or the main bad guy because I don't mean that at all because I think it would still be cool if they did it and if they did it right, but it just doesn't seem like that's the case going by how it's being revealed on the show. And you know what? It's okay because of what I just said. Right. I mean, but here, but here, but here's the thing with. Oh, here's one thing that I have to say, and then we'll get into the island stuff. I really hated Diggle in this scene. You hated Diggle in the scene? I hated Diggle in the scene, and here's why. Because Diggle's making it all about him. Mm, well, yeah. He's, I, I, he's more concerned I, about the fact that Oliver lied to him, but he's not worried about why, about why it is. And I like, I loved how Oliver owned him at the end of that scene. Like he 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 being Diggle like mentions like the things about secret secret secrets weighing us down and then Oliver just fires back with look how hard I work out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I did, I I thought. Here's the thing, and we've talked about this before on the show, and I'll I'll briefly mention it again. Diggle is Oliver's moral compass on the show. Yeah. When something's wrong, Diggle will tell him it's wrong. Quite frankly, I'm with Diggle. I think it was wrong for him to lie about something like that. Something that big. At least at least to them. Well, I, and, and maybe he didn't say anything because it wasn't important. And to that, that's okay. But why wouldn't... I don't know. 
because he was. I, I still feel like if he were going to trust Diggle and t- and show Diggle that he trusts him, he would have at least told him a little bit more of what happened in those last five well, years. Well, here's the answer, and I think this is a pretty accurate answer. He was ashamed of what happened between him and Sarah. Which is okay. And uh, yeah, if that's the reason, yeah, I don't have a problem with for But the island, well, let's just call it the ship for now because we're not at the island right now. Yeah, we're on the Amazo. Yeah. Or 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 purgatory. Oh, oh wait, that's Leon Yu. So the, I guess we could, <laughs> I guess we could call it hell because that's what they called it here. Okay. First of all, I have to say them getting the Haitian from Heroes to play this bad guy was awesome. Yeah, absolutely it was. Absolutely it was. Um, I, this guy did such a phenomenal job with with this part because you like you're really you're really wondering what what the what the issue is or what the what the main plot point is going to be with him because he's not asking questions oliver just says you know go screw yourself pretty much and then he shoots oliver in the stomach which by the way is the, the origin of where where that bullet wound came from that we see in oliver in the present yeah, I, I just love the origin to all these scars. I think it's so cool to see. Yeah, because now they're actually lining up and they're making sense now. Um, I, I, I just love that this guy is like, you know, no matter what you what what's gonna happen, you you know you're gonna die at my hand, right? Yeah, it's it's his game. It's his hell. It's his everything. It's it's all about this guy, and he controls the who lives and who dies. Just as easily as, I don't know, anybody, I guess. A dictator, really, is what he is. Yeah, and I love, and I love the idea that, that this, the, 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 this is where Oliver learns that living is not for the weak. Which is not bad logic, yeah. to an extent. Especially in, this, extent. in this context, we, we do know how he gets to learn Russian, essentially. Yes. And with John Valjean. Yeah. Is that who that guy was? That he looked like John Valjean to me. Okay. Everybody in the cells t- 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 everybody get ready. Look down. Look down. Look down. <laughs> we'll be a slave. Probably, yes. probably in this context. Did he not look like John Valjean to you though? to look back because he, he kind of didn't and he kind of didn't okay um i loved how they actually give him medicine to cure himself just to see, <laughs> just to see how strong he is after they shot after they shoot him exactly and well, it's all about surviving and then we see then we see sarah being laura croft now now here's the thing though Oliver asks Sarah in the present how she learned to fight like that, meaning that she could not fight like that when he first met her again after the shipwreck. Right. Nana Parpet had to happen after the events of what happened the second time between Sarah and Sarah and Oliver. Right, after her second death. Yeah. So clearly I don't I don't I personally don't think she's gonna be able to do a whole lot to him except Stab him maybe a few times with a knife. 
Yeah. Other than that, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot there. Or we could be wrong, who knows? But I, I did love, I did love the final final scene with everybody, Quentin like talking in in AA, like Oliver ex extending his hand to Sarah and them to, you know, at least trying to be friends. Because at this point, other than Sin, who, who, who's Sarah's friend on the series? No one really. And Laurel, do, Laurel doing her her best interpretation of of Oliver on Smallville in season nine. Yes. Well, what I think would be really cool to see on the show at some point is having Felicity, of course, doing her job at in the Arrow Cave, while Oliver is facing the main villain, and Black Canary and Diggle are taking out all of his henchmen. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But. But overall, I think this episode was was fantastic. Now you want to get into some get into some Easter eggs, yes. I do want to get into the, some Easter eggs, but before we do that, I have another topic that I want to talk with you about, and I want to bring about to our audience, um, based off of two articles that have been released in the past week. One of them was done on TVOverMind.com by uh, our good friend Andy Bibach, who will give his thoughts later in this episode, along with Dan Schmidt. Yes, he did share um, those with me. Yes. And the other article was actually done by, by myself on Superhero Movie News. Um, both of them are about Arrow being a part of the DC Cinematic Universe or not. And Andy's is specifically about Warner Brothers needing to need to make a decision on whether it's going to be a part of it or not. And my article is on whether it should be a part of the universe or not. Okay. I want I want to know where you stand first, Lou, on both these topics. I I I am neutral until we see the Flash, which, by the way, nice little subtle references to him in this episode with the newscast. But we'll get into more of that in the Easter eggs. Yeah. Do you think that Warner Brothers needs to begin to start making a decision on that? Because if they don't, it's possible that Arrow could do something that they don't want done in the cinematic universe. I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that, at least. I do agree okay. that they need to make a decision. Because we've seen on, and this is a different podcast on our network, we've seen how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has done theirs, and it's not really hit as well as they, like Disney was hoping for, was it? Well, with, with Marvel Cinematic Universe, the thing is, the movies have always been great, and the movies have always lined up very well and have done very well financially and critically. Yeah. That, I mean, and commercially, of course. That is a fact. However, its, expense, its expansion into television has not been done as well. And I know you and I are not as huge fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as some people are. I think that's most the Internet, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, but that but that's the case. But that's my point. Like everybody was expecting when Agents of Shield came on that this was going to even extend extend the universe even further than it already had become, and it hasn't really happened yet, has it? Really, all it's done is built on plot points from the end of Iron Man three and the Avengers, and apparently for the Dark World. That's all it's done up until this and point. And honestly, that's all that Shield is supposed to do. But going in, but going into this, like, I, I'm, I'm neutral on it until they, I see what they do with the Flash, because okay. if, if, because, 
That, that's still up in the air. I'll give my opinion on, on that afterwards. But you think it should be involved in the DC universe, the DC cinematic universe? And he doesn't. Um. Well, I, I'm I'm actually with you more so, and I explained this in my article. I'm pretty neutral on it at this point as well. Yeah. I would really love to see Stephen Amell and Henry Cavill on screen together as Green Arrow and Superman in a Justice League film, or just in any film or television series in general. I think that would be amazing. But at the same time, I think it's possible that that could limit storytelling in both the films and television. It could also open up potential to make the stories even better. Well, it just depends on how the well, writers well, You're going to lose something no matter what you do. You're going to lose... Absolutely. But, I, but I'm, with, I'm with Andy. I do really do think that Warner Brothers needs to make a decision about this one way or another. Because we can't just keep guessing, and the producers and directors of both the films and the shows, or in the show, they, they need to stop beating around the bush and stop, stop giving us false hope. Because, because I'll say it... Because I'll say it right now, and maybe I'm a little bit biased in my opinions here, but the the reason I feel that they need to make a decision, you're jerking around your core audience. Absolutely. And, and that's not okay. And the more you jerk around and jerk around and jerk around your core audience, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to go to Marvel, per se, but this is the big however. However, if you keep doing this, they are not going to go to the theaters. They are not going to go buy your comics. They are not going to buy your Blu-rays. They are not going to buy your stuff on iTunes. Like, like you've lost that customer and you can't gain them back. I, I know that sounds like marketing 101 and it kind of is. But th this is what what's happening. And if you're so concerned with money, with money and, you know, gaining money, the last thing you should do is try to, you know, like ruin the relationship you have with your audience. I mean, I'm not I'm not accusing anybody of anything here, but the truth the truth and I would say this if it was Coca-Cola or if it was Microsoft or if it was Blackberry, Apple, any of these people. Do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. I agree. I completely agree with that. Um anyway, guys, but uh we're going to probably move on. I need to say one more thing about this. I okay, think, absolutely. I think, I, I think it's been... I, this is a very general statement. It has nothing to do with even comic books. P, when people love something, they will love it to their dying day. But if you resent them, if you jerk them around, their hate will be equal, equal to their love and possibly even worse. Yes. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay, let's move but, on to the Easter eggs. If, if we're going to quote Spider-Man 3, revenge is a powerful poison. So don't mess with him. Yes. Um, but yeah, I will be posting links to both of those articles on the uh, website page, which will be at com forward slash arrow podcast forward slash crucible. So you guys can check that out when that is released, um, when this episode's released, which obviously means if you're listening to it, you can go to that web link now and find the articles. Um, but, but right now we are going to move on to the DC Universe Easter eggs of the week. First of all, again, like every week, and maybe I shouldn't mention it, but I enjoy it. Channel 52, I like seeing it on screen, so I'm going to mention I'm, I'm it. I'm getting movie. sick of it, quite honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, it's something to remind me that we're part of a larger universe, regardless if it's the DC Cinematic Universe or just the Arrowverse in general. We're part of something bigger, 
and I like it, so I like being reminded and, about that. And I guess if I get the references, I, like it shows that I'm a bigger fan than than most other people. So like maybe it's just for us then. Maybe yeah. And then of course on channel fifty two we hear about a particle accelerator, which we did hear about in City of Heroes as Star Labs is working on that. Oh, um, oh, you mean Swan Technology and Research? Yes, if you're going to go by the uh, Smallville definition, I, yes. I am, I am, and we need, and we need to see a statue of Christopher Reeve in his wheelchair. So I, can I think that would be amazing. I think that would be amazing. But then we'd confuse the audience where they'd be asking, is this Smallville? Or, and we don't really want that either. And then we get either. to see that guy that played Emil Hamilton that didn't die in the plane. Spoiler alert. Yes, but of course the particle accelerator is a reference to the Flash, although Flash's origin is not actually caused by a particle accelerator. It seems like that's what they're going for on Arrow, or at least the research from it. Um, along with that, we have Lila. What? Yes. Along with that, we have Lila Michaels, who also makes another appearance on the show as an Argus agent. She, her codename being Harbinger. Harbinger is, of course, an Amazon from the comics who was actually killed during the Superman, Batman, Supergirl arc, which was written by Jeff Loeb and drawn by Michael Turner. Hey, Johnny, very good arc, very good character. Hey, Johnny, how are you doing? <laughs> um, Camp Kirby was also referenced in this episode as some sort of, it seems like, military installation camp. Um, that's a direct reference to, of course, Jack the King Kirby, who's most Famous contributions to comics come from his co-creation with Stan Lee of characters like the Fantastic Four from Marvel. But, like most people actually don't know, believe it or not, he also created... What? And the X-Men. And the X-Men. But what most people don't know is that he actually also co-created... Or actually, no, he didn't. He actually did create by himself the new gods from DC Comics, including characters like Orion, Mr. Miracle, High Father, and of course, Lord Darkseid. Yes. And and finally, we, well, let me. Can I just say this because I it shouldn't be it should be said over and over again on many shows. Mr. Kirby, we miss you. C comic books in general would not have been the same if not for you. And here's another little tidbit that Michael forgot. He was one of the first big Green Arrow artists before he became a, before he became what he became. That is also very true. That is also very true. Because let me let me take a sidebar here. That whole wham wham bam like the thing that um Adam West Batman makes fun of that was actually pioneered by Jack Kirby. That's his style. That you know wham wham like constant motion thing that didn't exist before Jack Kirby. So Siegel Siegel and Schuster in the Mount Rushmore, Bill Finger and Bill Finger and um Bob King okay. on, on that. Mount Rushmore put 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 a space for Mark Weisinger and and um, Julie Schwartz, but all one for Stanley, but also for Mr. Kirby. Absolutely. Um, my final Easter egg of the week um, before I before I turn this over to Dan and Andy Sorry for is my no problem at all. No problem at all. I think it needed to be said, and I'm glad you said it. Um, my, my final Easter egg is at the end of the episode, Blood is revealed to be called Brother Blood as a part of his own cult. Brother Blood is obviously his comic, uh, comic book supervillain name, and it's actually a title, not a name, that is passed down between different characters throughout the comics. So that's also a very interesting tidbit. 
before we get into Dan. It's kind of like King in the Royal Flesh game. Yes, it's all it's, it's a lot like King in the Royal Flesh it's game. Not, it's not anybody's name, it's the title that you adopt when you get to be be that guy. Absolutely. And finally, before we get into Dan and Annie's thoughts, I do want to plug this week, Wednesday, the, what is it, the 6th, Green Arrow issue 25 by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino will be released. It is a Batman Zero Year tie-in, but don't let that fool you. It is not a Batman story. It is purely a Green Arrow story. It takes place right immediately after Oliver gets off the island. He meets with people from his past. And then he goes right to Gotham City to go save his mother, Moria, who went there to help people who are trapped in the blackout. So definitely go check that out. It's going to be an awesome issue. It's actually an extended issue, so there are a few more pages. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's awesome, and I cannot wait for Green Arrow every month. So definitely go check that out. It'll be a great book. Green Arrow issue 25 this Wednesday, the same night that the next episode of Arrow, League of Shadows premiere, or League of Assassins, I'm sorry, premieres. Okay, let's, so, let's go Let's go to Mr. Schmidt and Mr. Papak with their thoughts on this week's episode of The Cru- Crucible. Hi, Michael and Wu. It's Andy. And Dan. And Dan, of course. And yes. we're going to give you our brief thoughts about this week's episode of Arrow, Crucible. First of all, I'm so glad that Andrew Chrysler co-wrote this episode because this is one of my favorite... I don't know why, because it's already the first one that we have. But we had the best Arrow Canary story so far. So far is the key word there. Yeah. I think I think it's gonna go uphill from here. I, I totally agree. And it's um I, I think it was really it was really good how they did that. And I you know what? I like Katie Lotz. She's a beautiful yeah. actress, she's like, so strong. And you know what? I'm I I'm not sure if I'm down with this whole Sarah being alive thing again, but you know what? With this actress it might be worth it because I like her. It was a good episode, and again, um, it doesn't absolve Oliver of his guilt. He feels very guilty that he made her into what she is. Yeah. So I kind of bought into it. Again, Oliver was still, even in the end, you could see he had that guilt because he was willing to sacrifice his relationship with Laurel just so she could have a family again. So there is a lot of accountability on Oliver's part. There's a lot of it that angers him because we saw the opening scene. Yep. Because I think that's the most angry we've seen him get. Yeah, I, you know, last season when John Berman got angry in the, the season finale, like, I got this, I got this scared. I, I That's how scared I got last night when Oliver yeah. got angry. I'm like, God, Stephen, Amel, be, you know, calm down. Don't let those... Yeah. Don't let those abs get over your head or whatever. But like, I even think it scared Diggle a little bit too. And I, not really. I think he scared Felicity. But like, yeah. But like, I, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really okay with him just calling him a liar because there, there has to be a reason why he is right. keeping these things away from them. But at the same time, Oliver, you're hurting more people by keeping all these secrets inside. Yeah. And I think that sooner or later, when uh, Quentin learns about Sarah's. Right. Resurrection or whatever, I think he's going to be pretty mad as well. Which is unfortunate because they've just kind of begun to work out their differences. Yeah, he came, really he came to him. He came to him and asked, you know, my, my daughter is in trouble. 
and yeah. I'm and I'm and I'm not enjoying Drunken Laura. I'm guessing that they're gonna no. make her break down and make her rise again even stronger. But well, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to do the classic setup of a hero, um, kind of like how you know Spider-Man originated, where you know he made a big mistake and paid for it, because that's why he became a hero. I think they're trying to do that with Laurel, like Oliver. Oliver made the mistake of going on the Queen's Gambit with Sarah, and that led to a lot of bad things. Because I think they're putting Laurel through the same thing, because almost giving her her island to go through so she can come out as what we think is going to be Black Canary. Because I hope it goes that route, because her character is going to be annoying if it doesn't. Yeah. Then you know, then, you know, I love the Black Canary costume. I think the costume department deserves a big props because that is that was just fantastic. Yeah. And James Bamford and his team, the action stuff are just amazing. They get better every week. Exactly. God, I loved how they switched weapons in that scene at the end. That was cool. Yeah, exactly. And it, and my other my other thing was that we we see the twist in the flashbacks that Sarah seems to be evil in the flashbacks or something like that. She had something right. to do with those bad guys. And um, that's messed up. I think she became that to survive. Yeah, or she's just you know she you know she decided to you know st- stand and look cool in the camera like you know like you know yeah what's up yo and uh, but yeah we need to move on. The final scene with Brother Blood. First of all, that mask looks like a, like a combination yeah. of the Scarecrow mask from the Dark Knight trilogy and the mask from um, Batman Mask of Phantasm. How about well, that? We're going, How about that, going back a step though. Um, if you didn't know who Brother Blood was before from reading comics, this was a nice surprise at the end. It was. I, I, you know, Kevin Alejandro, he fooled me. I didn't know he was... I thought he was... Well, you I'm, liked the character. They I made liked, him a very, very likable character. Yeah. I wanted him and Oliver to be friends. Well, not maybe not really friends, but I, I liked their, you know, friend-in-me status that they had. Yeah. Got that talk where they were kind of giving each other advice. Exactly. I, very good scenes. Like, I really like he was kind of the Harvey Dent character yeah. of, this, of this show that, you know, to be honest, actually worked a little bit better than the Aaron Eckhart to, um, yeah. Harvey Dent. Although I love that too. But like, he fooled me because I liked him so much because yeah. he was so likable. Like, he, he, you know, he came from a realistic place and I don't know. I agree, yeah. But so that was, and the mask was freaky. Yes. Yeah, it it looked like the ma- the phantasm mask and the scarecrow mask. I I was yeah. so you know well you know well done on the arrow riders for throwing you know throwing on something unexpected and I think it's gonna really help a lot with next with with next week's episode, which I think Wu is probably very excited for. We get ninjas. Can that all make up for the mayor villain who I was not very impressed with? I I, I liked him. He he was kind of ba. I thought he was something out of a 70s Luke Cage comic, but that's just me. Yeah, that's just you. I, I thought Luke Cage was actually going to show up at one point. And yeah, and then, and then Marvel would sue their ass. Yes, yes, they, he would. But that's, yeah. that's kind of how I felt about it. Uh, but again, I don't think the focus of the episode was that. It was more about establishing Brother Blood, kind of doing that fake out, and then, of course, Canary and uh, Arrow. That was the main focus. Of course. Yeah, that's and, what it should have been. Yeah, and I'm glad that Sin survived because I like her. Yes. I'm I'm wondering where Slade is because That's a very good question. Because you know, I'm still worried about his poor face and his gorgeous body. Okay, remember well, keep, I think keep, keep it be a keep, reveal maybe next week. 
Hopefully, but I need to keep it. P- I need. To, I need yep. to keep it PG for your kids. That's that's fine, but yeah, PG- I think we may see Slade next week or the week after. Yeah, my- Manu Bennett was credited for this episode. I think that Michael and I had a conversation on this on Twitter, and I I think that Manu Bennett was probably away shooting um, the Hobbit. You know, the final pieces of yeah. Hob- the the third Hobbit movie. So. That's probably that was probably it. But overall, this was a fantastic episode. Like you know, it's yep. just going, you know, they're just you know do- nailing it. You know, they're just hitting all the right arrows. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I'm really excited for the ne- for next week's episode. And I yeah yeah. And guys, you're doing a fantastic job with the you know with yes. season two of the podcast. So keep it up. And uh, you know, whenever you want to invite me on, I, I will be I will be there. Saves goes for me. <laughs> no, you're done. Thanks. Yeah, me and Dan are going to have a fight now. So see, see you next week, guys. All right, and we're back. Thanks, guys, for uh, your thoughts, Dan and Andy. So good to hear from you, of course. And I hope you guys get good um, get good theories and good thoughts out of Dan and Andy every week, as well as we do, because we definitely do, and we love hearing their thoughts just as much as you guys hopefully do as well. Okay. Twitter, let's, let's quickly go through Twitter, because we do need to um, start picking it up with this episode. Keith Weirich said, it keeps getting better. Love the backstory plots from the island as great elements of the show. Dustin Stauffer said, getting, it's getting even better. Hashtag epic. Verdant Arrow said, this arrow brought to you by words. Canary, Lance, Blood, and Crucible. With extra team arrow and all the city smiles on the side. Uh, Lauren from TV Ever After said, I really wish Mark uh, Petowitz didn't drop that big spoiler about Sarah being the Black Canary. That was uh, in reference to something that happened a few months ago, but she also said, "I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to get used to the new Sarah Lance since the pilot in episode 18 depicted her as a brunette." That is also something that obviously irritated me a little bit. So you're not alone, Lauren. Um, Nick uh, Guardado said, "So after law after Arrow last night, we are okay with Canary being a part of the League of Shadows and not Dinah." And finally. Jay-Z Koss said, quick thoughts on this week's episode. It was really good. Hashtag, you have failed this podcast. Thanks, guys, so much for your thoughts. We love hearing from you every week, and we're glad that you're as excited about the show as we are. Okay, can I, can I continue with what I was saying earlier? Absolutely. Oh, no, now I don't want to. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Go to, <laughs> to acrosstheairwaves.com, acrosstheairwaves.com. If you are going to rent, buy anything from iTunes, please click the iTunes link on our webpage that supports us. If you're going to buy an audiobook, if you're going to buy something from iBooks, if you're going to rent a movie, buy a movie, buy an episode of Arrow or, or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., do anything on iTunes, please do it through us. We, it supports us. The, on across the areas, you can get all the information on how to contact us. But we'll we'll, we'll tell tell you that right now. Our email address is across the airwaves at gmail dot com. Across the airwaves at gmail dot com. We have a personal Twitter for Longbowhunters. It's at Arrow Podcast. That is at Arrow Podcast. The official Across the Airwaves Twitter is at Across Airwaves. There is no the, just at Across Airwaves. And Michael and I have personal Twitters. His is at MJPetty7. Mine is at WSK9002. At WSK9002. We have a Google Plus page. We have a Facebook page. Please comment, like, plus one. Do all that stuff. 
We also have we also have a voicemail which we would love to hear you guys on an episode of Long Wanders saying your thoughts. Our voicemail is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight hundred nine thirty three sixty three. Please, 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 if you were going to leave us a voicemail, please specify it for Longbow Hunters. Same goes for our email. Is there anything else we want to share with our listeners, Michael? No, I think you definitely covered it. Just make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, website, voicemail, all of that stuff, email, of course. Um, everything we said, I mean, we pretty much covered it all. So thanks, uh, special thanks to Christopher Weitrick for our Green Arrow logo design based off of Green Arrow's logo from Batman, or the Brave and the Bold, which was worn by Sheldon Cooper on the Big Bang Theory. So definitely go check out both of those shows which are also very good, and we love, we love very much here on this network. I've lost um, track of that show, actually. I need to watch episodes again. Yeah, I, I, I'm an episode or two behind, I think. Yeah, but I'm, but it's still very good, I'm even um, seven years later. But now, but, now that I, but now that I've got DVR service, I should be, I should be um, able to catch up on a lot of these shows. You are so lucky I, I don't have DVR. I probably never will, but oh well. That's what the Internet's for. So... For our favorite carcerators hosts, Dan Schmidt, Nico Reisbeck, and Andy Babak, I'm Michael J. Petty. And I'm Wes Kim, Sir Lance's number one fan. Yes, and until our next exciting episode of Arrow, or unless we don't see you in the spoilers to talk about League of Assassins, we will catch you on the airwaves and see you next week, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out those articles, get Green Arrow issue 25, and definitely watch next week's episode of Arrow. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. I'm a murderer. You're one of them. Step aside or get put down. You're in real danger. There's only one way that you leave the leak. Arrow, all new. This Wednesday at 8, 7 central on The CW. The CW official description for episode 5 of season 2 of Arrow reads, The Canary Sings. While Oliver tends to the canary's wounds, he tries to get her to talk about where she came from, but she refuses. However, after Oliver and the canary are attacked at the Queen Mansion by a trained killer from the League of Assassins, she confesses to how she's connected with the nefarious group. Meanwhile, Mora faces multiple uh, counts of murder and conspiracy for her part in the destruction of the Glades. The assistant... 
assistant district attorney, offers her a choice. Plead guilty now and avoid the death penalty or take your chances in court. Thea begs her mother to fight for her life, but Mora seems resolute about talking to the or taking the offer. Meanwhile, Oliver is furious with Laurel for joining the prosecution's team on his mother's case. Wendy Sandler directed the episode written by Jake Coburn and Jeruzy Greenberg. Um, first of all, let me talk about Moira, Moira for just a second here. I I have to believe that I have to believe that Susanna, Susanna Thompson is not going to make it out of this season alive. You think she'll face the death penalty? Either that or something's going to happen to her that's going to cause her death. I see that as a more likely option. But, but, we're, but we're both in agreement that she she will not see the light of day into season three if there is a season three. Probably. Yeah. Because how they're setting her up, it, w it would be kind of, it would kind of be cheapening her character and cheapening the writing, I would think, if she actually would leave this season alive. To me. I agree. I agree. And actually, there's a lot more symmetry if you do it that, that way we just mentioned. Okay, first of all, I had no idea that th this week was going to, next week was going to be League of Assassins. I had no idea. Until that's I, that's why I said it was so that Rachel Ghoul is definitely probably not going to be the main villain because I knew that this was coming. Yeah. So quickly. And did we see Slade as a member of the League of Assassins? No. Because it kind of did look like Manu Bennett in one of those, like... Um, it, it did look like Manu Bennett. No, apparently that is a character called Al Owell who actually, I believe, was featured in the comics, but he's a member of the League of Assassins here. Okay, but he's not, he's not, um, um, who you're talking about earlier, Natalia, the other one? Lady Shiva? Lady Shiva, she's not, she, he's, he's not a high-ranking member of the League of Assassins, is he? It doesn't seem like, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I have, I have to believe, this is too early to show Talia, this is too early to show Ra's al Ghul, it is way too, too early, and I hope they don't show Bane. Like, this is okay for what it needs to be. Like, they did it on Batman the Enemies series, you don't need to show your entire hand to the world right now. Well, and I don't think you'd see Bane anyway. He is technically not even a member of the League of Assassins. He never has been, except for the Dark Knight Rises. And that one issue that they based the Dark Knight Rises off of. Well, and even then, he wasn't a member. He was just joining with Talia to face Batman. Yeah. Um. What 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 are your thoughts about this episode overall? Before I get into my I am really excited to see Oliver and Canary face off against these League of Assassins members. Yeah, just, I think just stop right there. Just awesome Green Arrow week. is going to go up against the, the League the League of uh, uh, the League of Shadows slash Assassins. Yeah. Just that in itself is going to be going to be good. And the way they're setting up Laurel and Oliver in this episode, this is going to bring um Sarah and Oliver closer together, I think. I think this may be the episode where Sarah decides to reveal herself to her family. The way they shot this trailer, or this teaser, it does look like that, doesn't it? At least because, it does, I, because I don't think she's in the episode afterwards. 
it doesn't it does it says under the guest stars and the Green Arrow TV spoilers page that she's not in the next episode afterwards. So so she could be off for like three episodes or more. Yeah. I I I I also have to assume here. Sorry for the stutter. I also have to assume that that the the gloves are coming off and Rosal wants her back. Her being Sarah. Yeah. And he'll do anything to draw her out. Anything. Yeah. Did you really think I would not return, sir? <laughs> I. It, it may be a stretch for me to say this, but I think it would possibly be possible for Sarah to be so badly injured that she leaves. I, I'm not going to say die, even though I was originally going to, because I don't think that's a possibility. But with all this hype, would you, would you let Sarah go this quickly? I don't know. I, I, I don't know I, if you would or not. I say leave her off until, like, like bring her back around the winter hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love the image of all those guys breaking into the clock tower. I know. that's And then Oliver crashing through it. That's awesome. Yeah. And I wonder how how much he'll, he'll do the what I call now the Tommy rule when it comes to the League of, League of Shadows. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I just want him to say... I don't know. This, I this episode looks I amazing. Won't kill, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Like, honestly, I'm just as excited for this episode as I was when I first saw the promo trailer for the Society Legends Absolute Justice two-parter on Smallville. I, because, because I knew what we were getting, and I was say, so excited. Not to say you're wrong, but I really... With the hype that went into this casting, I don't think they would leave Sarah off this soon. Well, I mean, she's not going to be in the episode afterwards, and I've heard nothing about the episode after that. Yeah. So I don't know. But who knows? Who knows? Anyway, guys, who knows? We, are, we are so excited for this episode. I, I mean, I'm tempted to do a live episode that night, even though I can't. <laughs> We we do, we do need to do that at some point though throughout the series. I I don't know I don't know if I can. It has to be around the season finale though, just because to pull the curtain back. When my class ends on Wednesday night is when Arrow begins. Ah. Uh, and there's no way. There's just no way. Well, maybe it will come down sometime. Maybe we'll be able to sometime down the line. Yeah. No, if this was Friday night or even Thursday, I could possibly do that, but not, not, so, much, not so much on Wednesdays. Darn it, Wednesday! Well, who knows? Maybe we'll do a live show after, um, after the season finale, on a Friday night after the finale. One, one thing I wanted to say about this episode before we go, it's probably going to be heavy um, flashbacks, too, just because of the way everything's shot. Yeah. And we'll, I think we'll figure out what happened to Sarah after she took that dunk in the water. I think so, too. Okay, guys. So we'll see you next week. Um, theatricality and deception. It's time. Get ready. All right. See you, guys. Bye.